Welcome to Answers to the Big Questions. I'm your host, Alan Sonta, and I'm glad you could join me. In the last episode, I told you what hell is and where it may be found. Because so many people have preconceived ideas on the subject, as well as on the subject of death, a couple of short episodes certainly will not answer all the questions raised in the minds of listeners. In my answers to the big questions in this series, only a brief outline of the subjects is possible. So if you would like more information with supporting references, you're welcome to contact me at 3ABN. As I've said before, I can only point you to what the Bible says on the subject, and the rest is over to you, guided by the Holy Spirit of God, if you ask him for his help. Today I'd like to look at the question, is one religion better than another? This question can be taken in two ways. It could mean, is one major religion, such as Christianity, Hinduism, Islam, Buddhism, better than another? Or it can be taken to mean, is one Christian denomination better than another? Actually, no matter which way the question is taken, the same principles can be applied in giving an answer. Let us first look at whether a religion such as Christianity is better than, say, Hinduism or Buddhism or any number of other options that exist today. No doubt, when we use the word better, we mean that the religion will provide us with better means of coping with the issues of life that arise from day to day and that it will provide us with eternal life after death in a form that brings joy throughout eternity. From the answers I have already given to the big questions that have been dealt with in the preceding episodes of this series, you'll see that I have a worldview that places our present existence on this planet in the context of a great battle between God and Satan. Thus, a religion that acknowledges this war between good and evil is clearly better than one which follows any other worldview, whatever that may be. For this reason, I believe that Christianity, in its form that most closely follows the teaching of the Bible, is better than any alternative. Now let's examine the various forms of Christianity to determine which denomination most closely follows the Bible. At this point, we need to go back and study what has happened throughout the history of the Christian Church, from the time of Christ to the present. Jesus Christ himself taught us how to live according to the Creator's plan. What he taught was truth. Indeed, he declared that he himself is the truth. He tells us that in John 14:6. Jesus passed truth on to his disciples who in turn taught it to those who became disciples and followers of Christ from generation to generation. However, Satan was active in trying to deceive and mislead the followers of Christ. So as time passed, he introduced his principles into the Christian church. Little by little, pagan practices and teachings began to creep into the church. And when the Emperor Constantine nominally accepted Christianity in the 4th century... 
Paganism rapidly influenced the Christian church to the point where Satan was able to bring the church largely under his control, and the satanic power spoken of by the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 was set up. For several hundred years, only small groups of Christians maintained the truths of the Bible. But God was still at work to drive back the power of Satan, and reformers began to arise in the 15th and 16th centuries to restore Bible truths. Wycliffe in England, Huss in Bohemia, Luther in Germany, Calvin in Switzerland, restored lost truths such as salvation by faith, the removal of images, the symbolic nature of the bread and wine in the Lord's Supper. Their followers formed into denominations that accepted the truths their leaders taught, but most of their followers didn't go beyond what these men understood from the Bible. Later, men like Wesley accepted more truth and emphasised the need to keep God's commandments. Then in the 19th century, William Miller and many others around the world preached the second coming of Christ, and some of their followers formed into churches that went on to accept the Bible truth about the state of the dead and the seventh-day Sabbath. By the late 1800s, most of the truths of the Bible had been recovered, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church was teaching the truth about the great controversy between Christ and Satan, and preaching the prophecies of the books of Daniel and Revelation calling Christians to prepare to meet Christ when he returns the second time in the near future. From this very brief outline of Christian church history, it can be seen that the best church or denomination is the one that most closely follows the principles and teachings of the Bible, as this church will lead its followers to be obedient to all the teachings of Christ and will love him and keep his commandments. When Jesus gave his apostles the Great Commission, recorded in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, he said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Notice that Christ's disciples were to be taught to obey all his commands. Satan tries to have people think they are Christians when they're not obeying God's commandments because he knows they are not really Christ's disciples unless they love and obey him. Satan uses deception in his efforts to induce people to join his side of the war against Christ. Indeed, in Matthew 24, where Jesus tells his disciples about the signs of his second coming, he warns them three times of deceptions that Satan will practice upon them. He warns against people claiming to be Messiah, in verse 4, and he warns of false prophets, in verse 11, and he warns of signs and wonders being used to support false claims, in verses 23 to 25. Therefore, we do well to take his warnings seriously. Not everything is what it appears to be, and where Satan's involved, it's likely that almost nothing is what it appears to be. This is particularly true of those things which Satan uses to make it appear that the dead are still alive, but living in a spirit world. The whole spiritualist movement is based on falsehood. 
Satan and his evil angels have the ability to impersonate people, both living and dead. Thus, Satan's demons appear to the loved ones of those who have died, pretending to be their departed spirits, and deceiving many into believing that when we die, we go to heaven to live there in a spirit world, waiting for the loved ones to join them. This kind of deception makes a resurrection unnecessary in the minds of many Christians. Satan himself can impersonate Christ. So if we think we see Christ in a dream or vision, or even in real life, the only way we can know whether it's really Christ is by what he says and how he behaves. If he says things that disagree with the Bible, we know that it is a deception and not Christ. As mentioned earlier, Another Bible teaching that the Seventh-day Adventist Church recovered was the truth about the Sabbath. Satan has introduced into the Christian churches the teaching that the weekly day of worship, which the Bible calls the Sabbath, is Sunday, the first day of the week, and not Saturday, the seventh day of the week. The Bible clearly teaches that God asks us to keep holy the seventh day of the week. Now, it's interesting that of all our time units second, minute, hour, day, week, month, year, the only one that is not based on some event in the solar system is the week. The second, the minute and the hour are divisions of the day, which is the time it takes for the earth to rotate once. The month is the time it takes for the moon to orbit the earth. And the year is the time it takes for the earth to orbit the sun. But the week is not based on anything we can observe in nature. We have the week because God created everything on the earth in seven days. In Genesis 1 and verse 1, we are told that the earth was formless and empty. But in Genesis 1, 31 and 2 verses 1 to 3, we are told that God made everything in six days and rested the seventh day and made it a special holy day to complete the week. He then told his people to keep it as a weekly Sabbath to remind them of the fact that he created the world in six days and set apart the seventh day as the holy Sabbath. And that commandment is found in Exodus 20 verses 8 to 11. When Jesus came to earth, he spent quite a lot of time, for example, in Matthew chapter 12 verses 1 to 14, teaching how the Sabbath should be kept in doing good and healing people but not in doing ordinary work. Jesus himself and all the apostles kept the Sabbath. But after the apostles died, gradually Christians began to keep Sunday, so they would have more in common with the pagans around them. This change accelerated when Constantine accepted Christianity, and laws were made to make people keep Sunday. But a few Christians always kept the true Sabbath down through the centuries until One of the early Adventists, Joseph Bates, heard about the Sabbath and started keeping it and writing about it to encourage others to keep it as well. So the group of Adventists which Joseph Bates belonged to accepted the Seventh-day Sabbath and eventually took the name Seventh-day Adventist. There are a few other Bible teachings that Seventh-day Adventists believe which other Christian churches have not understood, especially relating to the prophecies of the books of Daniel and Revelation. But we haven't time to go into detail about them today. So to come back to our question for today, 
Is one religion better than another? I believe the answer is definitely yes. The best religion is one which acknowledges that there is a war going on between Christ and Satan and teaches that ultimately joy depends on being on Christ's side, accepting God's free gift of eternal life in Christ and living as his disciples in loving obedience to all his commandments, waiting for the wonderful day when he returns to set up his kingdom of glory. Well, that's it for this week. I invite you to listen again next time. And if you have any questions or comments about today's presentation, you're welcome to call 3ABN and leave your name and number or email so I can get back to you. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Answers to the Big Questions. I'm Alan Sonter, and I hope you can join me again next time. If you have any questions or comments in relation to today's program, you can call 3ABN Australia Radio within Australia on 02 4973 3456 or from outside of Australia on country code 61 2 4973 3456. Our email address is radio at 3ABN that is radio at the number 3 ABN Australia, all one word, dot org dot au. Our postal address is 3ABN Australia Inc, PO Box 752, Morissette, New South Wales 2264 Australia. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. And the law is right And it's written by God in stone The law is love And the law is life And it's written by God in stone I will follow His commandments I'll abide in Him alone My delight It's written down in stone Oh, it's written down in stone The law is holy, the law is pure And it's written by God in stone The law is Faithful forever sure And it's written by God in stone I will follow His commandments I'll abide in Him alone For His law is my delight It's written down Oh, it's written down in stone.
This road I travel on is a pathway unreturning that my life will soon be gone. Yet even now, as I'm held captive, Christ's name I only praise. These trials I'm facing last but few days. For I know I fought a good fight, and I know that I've kept the faith even though my destruction is at hand I can sing because I see the truth has set me free and I know I will live with him one day eternally I am strengthened, my mind is free, I know I am heaven bound, for I know I fought a good fight, and I know I've kept the faith, even though my destruction is at hand, I 
can sing because I see the truth has set me free and I know I will live with him one day eternally when Jesus comes again one bright and shining day he'll take me by the hand and I know I'll hear him say welcome home my precious child welcome home my beloved friend even though the darkness often seemed too gray I rejoice because you prove that you are strong and true so come enter in and live with
lost lamb had gone astray. He was out in the wind and the rain, and the shepherd called the hired man, Go find my sheep again. Then the hired man said, O shepherd, the night is wild and bad. But the shepherd smiled as if that little lamb was the only one he had, as if the only one he had. Then the shepherd searched in the darkness when the night was cold and bleak and he found that little lost lamb and held it to his cheek. Then the hired man said, O shepherd, you should have let it be. But the shepherd smiled as he held it close. And that little lost lamb was me. And that little lost lamb was you. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.